Blog Talk Radio. Get my soup coat on. We'll get started. Thank you. 
language. Y'all ready? I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain. When for his blood, join heirs with Jesus as we travel this blood. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. Amen. I am. I'm glad I'm saved this morning. I'm glad I'm here with you and glad you're here with me. Amen. And glad we're here with the Lord. He's here to meet with us. So we're going to meet with him today and uh, read in his word, study his word, and hear what he has to say. But first, I want to hear from you. Prayer request. Prayer request this morning. Miss Charlotte, I'll see your hand up. Yes, ma'am. We're still praying. That gets worked out. Miss Erica, you had your hand up. Oh, mercy. Good discretion. We pray that they get over that quick. Anybody else? Okay. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Remember that family in prayer. Anybody else? Hey, Donnie. Right. Right. Amen. Y'all pray for him. I want to tell you, listen, Donnie's, Donnie's got some opportunities to move up in his job. He's moved up, but he's, he's, he's continuing to move up, and he wants to, and I don't blame him. But pray. Pray that the, the people that are, that are going to be over his, his, uh, his job, that they're considerate of the fact that he and his family are a church-going family. And that he wants to serve the Lord. We need to pray for that, that, that nothing gets in the way and hinders. All right? Now, he done made up his mind. He don't let, he not going to let job run over church. So pray for him. Pray for him that God that God works all that out for him. All right? Yes. Oh, your aunt. Oh, okay. Yes, pray for her aunt. I thought you were saying my hand. <laughs> okay. All right. Anybody else? Anything else? All right. <laughs> well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to meet with us this morning. Amen. Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. You can be seated. Hey. 
and my night would turn to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Amen. And it did. Turn to number 96. Bring them in. Bring them in. There's a lost world full of full of sinners that don't have Jesus. Amen. We need to go reach them and bring them in. Praise God. Hark is the shepherd's voice I hear Out in the desert dark and drear Calling the sheep who's gone astray Or from the shepherd's fold away Bring them in, bring them in Bring them in from the fields of sin Bring them in, bring them in Bring the wandering ones to Jesus We'll go and help this shepherd time Help him the wandering ones to find Oh, bring the lost ones to the fold, where they'll be sheltered from the cold. Bring them in, bring them in, bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in, bring the wandering ones to Jesus. Out in the desert, hear their cry. Out on the mountains, wild and high. Hark, is the master speaks to thee. Go find my sheep wherever they be. Bring them in, bring them in. Bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in. Bring the wandering ones to Jesus. Amen. We're going to hope it's in tune. Oh, 
to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Esaias the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people, and say, Hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, as seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Be it known, therefore, unto you, that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed, and had great reasoning among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house, and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God, and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ, and with all, with all confidence, no man forbidding him. And may the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father in heaven, Lord, we come before your throne. And Lord, it's been a good journey through the book of Acts. Lord, I've been blessed. I've learned more this time than I have in times past. And Father, we come to the end of the book of Acts. And, and Lord, I realize we leave Paul here in this house and Lord, there's things about there's more things that took place that you didn't put in the in the book of Acts. But Father, I pray that you'll help us, Lord, to uh, continue on learning and understanding the doctrine that the Apostle Paul taught to the church. Father God, as we leave here, Lord, we'll leave, but let's not leave our understanding of how the power of the Spirit of God worked in the Apostle Paul's life and how He'll work in each one of our lives, Lord, to guide us into the truth and to lead us and to empower us to serve Christ and to do it uh, the way that you'd have it done. Father, I pray you put your hand on me this morning and use me for your glory, for the honor of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I know I can't do a thing without you, and I put it all in your hands, and I pray now that you'd empower me, fill me, and pull me out. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. All right. Well, we're almost at the end here. So let's kind of look at it, and we're going to we're going to turn to quite a few places. Uh, we're not going to stick straight with the scripture here this morning. I've, I've run myself nearly out of time this morning, so I'll try to be as brief as I can. But it says there, and it came to pass after three days. A lot of three days in this chapter, if you noticed there last time, three days here, three days there. But after three days, Paul had been in Rome. Okay, the ship they finally again that journey, that long journey, come to the end, and they started way over here. In, in Men and brethren, 
though I have committed nothing against the people. Again, these trials he's had before Portius Festus and, and before Felix and before Agrippa, all of these, he, he, he's not been found guilty of anything. All right? He said, I, I, I committed nothing against the people or the customs of our fathers, and yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans, who when they had examined me or when they had interrogated me, would have let me go because there was no cause of death in me. But when the Jews spoke against it, no, they put that said, this guy's got to die. This guy, I mean, nobody, they should live. They should, they should be just off the earth. I mean, they just flipped out on him, and, and the Romans saw that, and because of that, what it all come down to, though, folks, was money. That's the reason Paul wasn't set at liberty, because you had you had one wicked, corrupt ruler after another who said, "Hey, I can get somebody to send me a bribe, and I can then I'll let him go." So that's the real reason that Paul wasn't let go. But the real reason, no, that's not even the real reason. The real reason is God said, "Paul, you're going back to Rome." That's the real reason Paul wasn't let go. And you'll see sometimes God allows. Wicked men to do wicked things to accomplish his plans. God didn't do wicked, but he allowed those men to do those things to get his job, get the job done nonetheless. So sometimes God, people say, why would God let this happen? This is atrocious. Why would God? Well, because God's got things going you don't even understand. And the wicked are going to be wicked whether God, whether God does anything or not. They're going to continue to be wicked, but he uses them for his own plans. Uh, but the Bible says, when they would have examined me, they let me go because there was no cause of death in me. But when the Jews spake against it, I was constrained to appeal unto Caesar because they kept on and they kept on and they kept on. And he said, I just said, fine, okay. I guess, yes, I, since I'm a Roman, I'll go appeal to Caesar. He said, not that I had, not that I had honor to accuse my nation of. So he's trying to, he's trying to please everybody. Paul's not trying to hack off the Jews, okay? But he's at the same time, he's, he's, he's not trying to, to speak evil against them either. I mean, he's trying to be careful what he says. He said, you know, I, I don't want to come off like, like y'all are all evil and I just hate y'all's guts because that's not how it felt at all. But he, he, tried to, he tried to speak as kindly as he could. And he said in verse 20, For this cause, therefore, have I called for you. Okay? Why did I call for you? Because I want, I want to talk to you about this. He said, you know, they, they sent me, uh, they wanted me dead. He said, but I came and t- talked to you because... He said, because that for the hope of Israel, I am bound with this chain. What was the hope of Israel? You know what that means? For the hope of Israel? He's saying for the Messiah. For the Messiah. That's why. It's all about the Messiah. He's saying it's because of him that got me bound up in this chain. It's because of the Messiah who God said would come. All right. He didn't call his name Jesus there. He called him the hope of Israel. All right, That's not unusual teaching in a Jewish synagogue to hear teaching about the Messiah. Amen? So he's trying again. He's going to them first. He's not going to them and screaming at them, y'all are all wicked as the devil and you're all on your way to hell. He's going to show them who Jesus is as he has done time and time. And time again, you know what it shows me? It shows me we don't change the message. We consistent. We be consistent in what we do. Amen. They said in him, we need. All right, this is odd. He said they, they said in him, we neither received letters out of Judea concerning thee. Neither any of the brethren that came showed or spake any harm of thee. You know that seemed kind of odd. They wanted to kill him so bad. I mean, they had forty men who took a vow said we'll need to eat and drink till we killed him. And that was two years ago, so either they broke their vow or they're dead. But, but anyway, <laughs> you know, but it's odd. Here they are. Here they are. He's on his way to Rome. But he's going to suck around. They know he's going to Rome. Okay? And you think all them Jews are throwing a fit, having a, you know, just a, a couple part about it. You would think they would have sent some letters ahead so that when he got to Rome, uh, you know, the Jews there would be aware of what was going on. But two years had taken place. You know what happens? They was saying, out of sight, out of mind. Paul had been down there under the Romans all that time. He hadn't been in Jerusalem causing them any problem. They'd been able to go along business as usual. So they just kind of forgot about him. 
I think God worked that out, amen? God has a way of working things out we can't see. He does all this behind the scenes. He doesn't ask our permission or check with us, amen? He just does what he does. Uh, so they, they said, we didn't know you were coming. We hadn't heard anything about this. He, they said, verse, verse 22, but we sure would like to hear what you got to say. We desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest. We want to know about this. For as concerning this set, now that word may not be familiar to you, but that kind of means uh, this, this, this offshoot or this denomination or however you want to word it, this, this way of doing things, and we know this is different from Judaism, so we want to hear about this because we know that everywhere it's spoken against. We've heard derogatory language about what, uh, what this, this sect of, of Jesus of Nazareth. And when they had appointed him a day, I want to get you. I want you to get this understanding. When Paul got to Rome, all the other priests, all two hundred seventy—I don't know how many prisoners there were. I know there were two hundred seventy-six men on the ship, but however many of them there were, prisoners, and they got to Rome, they went into guards, prison guards, custody, and they carried them down and put them in prison. Okay, but Paul didn't. Paul was with Julius who was the, the, the centurion that had kept him since Caesarea. And I dare say, it's not in the scripture, but I dare say, and I don't think I'm reading too much in to say that Julius probably became a believer between Caesarea and Rome. Through all that he had witnessed, all the things he had heard Paul say, all the times that Paul had, 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 uh, had claimed that God was on his side and the very thing that Paul promised was the very thing that God delivered. He had seen Paul get bit by the viper, which didn't kill him. He had witnessed Paul uh, healed Publius's daddy of a bloody flux. He had seen him heal all those people that uh, on the island that came to him. And no doubt in my mind, Julius had come to the realization that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and he believed on him. I don't doubt that one bit. And when they got to Rome, rather than lock Paul up, Julius said, hey, you can stay with me. I'll make sure you're okay. Amen? What a powerful thing that is. I don't know if you really can comprehend the, 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 the difference. Because other, other than being in a prison, in a dungeon, which is where Paul would have been, in a nasty, horrible, uh, rat-filled, ro- uh, roach-filled, who knows what all kind of horrible things down in that dirty, filthy dungeon without plumbing uh, you would have found yourself in. But Paul is allowed to live in the house of a Roman centurion. I mean, that's pretty good, that's pretty good accommodations. And not only that, but to have the Jews come to him and say, hey, we want to hear what you've got to say, Paul. Would you give us an afternoon and just let us listen to what you have to say? We're interested. Can you, can, can you see that God might be working again in the thoughts of Paul's life? Even though Paul messed up, even though Paul went completely against God and decided that he knew better than God did, even though he went through all that, God went through with him. God said, no, Paul, I, I, I'm going I'm to give you the desire of your heart. Not only am I going to put you back in Rome where I said you were going to go, but I'm going to bring them to you, sir. You're not going to have to go to them. I'm going to bring them to you. And the Bible said that when they appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging. They came into Julius's house to whom he expounded. That means he he he. He taught all the details of. He he opened it up. He 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 went further and explained it. He expounded and testified the kingdom of God. Amen. Now you say, what does that mean? He preached and testified that God is sovereign over our lives. Amen. And we are we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. And we don't do things out uh, independent of God. We don't do it how we want to. We follow the word of God and and the will of God, and he is sovereign, and he is king, and it's his world, and his kingdom, and we, we're here to bow down to him. He's preaching and testifying of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets. Now, we're going to quickly turn some places. I want you to turn. I'm, I'm going to kind of give you a brief synopsis here in the next 10 minutes, I believe, of what Paul may have shared with them. Genesis 3.15, first of all, it says he preached through the law and the prophets. I'm not going to go all through them, but I'm going to cover some of it real quickly. 3.15, it 
that's in the Garden of Eden where God said to Adam and Eve, he said, and I will put enmity, that hatred, between thee and the woman. He's talking to the such, to Satan, to the, to the snake, to the devil. He said, I'll put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. Her seed is Christ. Amen. That's what that's referring to. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Oh, Jesus Christ on the for the serpent. Amen. He's, hey, listen, he's done. Amen. But, but all the pain the serpent Jesus had to go through, that's what he's talking about, bruising his heel. So I'm sure he brought them to that and told them of that. But that's not all. That's not all, my friends. But he probably took them to Job over in Job 19, which is another another good place to turn and look. In Job 19, verse 25 through 27, uh, where Job said, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Who's he referring to? He's referring to the Son of God, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. He's saying, listen, though this body rot and it rot away in a grave, someday in my flesh I'm going to see the Son of God. I'm going to see him. Amen. He's talking about the resurrection way back there in the earliest book of the Bible ever written. But that's not all. Let's look where else he might have turned in, cha- in the third place in Psalm chapter 2, verses 6 through 12. Psalm 2, verses 6 through 12. The Bible said, Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. That's referring to his second coming in his kingdom. And be, be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Or maybe he went on over to Psalm 110. Let's see if I can get on there real quick. Psalm 110, verses 1 through 4. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of his strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. The people shall, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. In the beauty of holiness from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. The, the Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Again, describing Jesus Christ. And then we can look in Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. <clears throat> the Bible tells us, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, and to order it, to establish it with judgment and justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Or maybe we turn to the 53rd chapter and read verses 10 through 12. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when he shall make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul. He shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. And then I turn you to Micah chapter 5, verse 2. A little verse of Scripture in there. It says, But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, the little, O ye little town of Bethlehem, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me that is to be a ruler in Israel, 
whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Oh, my friends, it's all in the Scripture, pointing to Jesus Christ. And, and, and Paul stood there from morning to evening, reading them Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. And I'm going to read from you from Hebrews. I know he didn't read from Hebrews, but I believe Paul wrote the Hebrews. <laughs> in chapter 11 it says, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, with the heirs with him of the same promise. What promise? Oh, that promise that Jesus is coming. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 13, These all died in faith not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a city, I'm sorry, a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly, whose God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared them a city. All day long, from morning to night, Paul stood and, and expounded to them the scriptures and told them at time after time, showed them place after place where it spoke of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And verse twenty-five and verse twenty-four said, And some believed the things which were spoken. Some of them did, but some believed not. There was no consensus that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I want you to see, when Stephen was stoned, the Jews in Jerusalem unequivocally rejected Jesus Christ as their Messiah. So Paul took it to Asia, and he shared the gospel with all the Jews in Asia. For two years, out of that, out of that place in Ephesus, he preached the gospel, and all of Asia heard the gospel. But he went into the Jew first, and, and without... Without exception, the Jews of Asia rejected Jesus Christ as their Messiah. So now one last time he carries Jesus to the Jews of Rome and hopes that one last time I can present Jesus and they'll accept him as their Messiah. But as you see, the Jews of Rome rejected Jesus as well. The Bible said in and when they agreed not among themselves, they departed. So there was an argument broke out after he, the Bible said, after he had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah, or Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers. What did he say in Isaiah 6, 9, and 10? He said, saying, go unto this people and say, listen to what he said, go unto this people. These people, the Jews, he's saying, and say, hearing, ye shall hear and shall not understand. I can tell you all day long, but you won't need it. And seeing, ye shall see and not perceive. You don't even know what you're looking at. For the heart of this people is waxed gross. You know what that means? Literally, the heart of this people is fat and stupid. That's literally what it means. The, the heart of this people has become fat and stupid. In other words, fat on their own intellect. They fed themselves on their own works and their own intellect until they have made themselves stupid. And their ears are dull of hearing. They can't hear a word anybody has to say if it doesn't line up with what they think. And their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and should be converted and I should heal them. But they don't want it. So they bless their ears and they shut their eyes and they don't want to know. And he said, Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. And praise God, it was sent to me and I heard it. Amen. Praise God, when, when the Bible was read and I, I learned that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, I said, I got no problem believing in him as the Son of God. I trust that his blood was shed for me. I believe that his payment was enough, and I'm satisfied, and I'm saved. Hallelujah. 
And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. That means they were in a big argument. But look at verse 30 and 31, and we're going to end right here. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house. Amen. Listen, he had a, he had a, he, he had a place. I guess he moved into a place maybe next door to Julius or something. But the Bible said he, was, he had his own house that he paid for. Amen. And he stayed there, and he received all that came in unto him. So it wasn't that the Jews walked out and that was it, and his ministry was over. Oh, no. There was a whole city of Rome full of people who wanted to know the gospel message. And they came in, and they came in, and they came in for two years. And God gave, I want you to see, folks, this whole whole study has has been about Holy Ghost power. I want you to see how the Holy Ghost of God never took Never took control away. From, I mean, he never took God's control away from Paul. He, God never took his hand off of Paul. Even when Paul, listen, even when Paul didn't do what he said, God never pushed steering the apostle Paul. Let me tell you something, my friend. You may be backslidden, cold in the heart, but don't you think that God has forgot you or left you or quit? God don't quit. God never gives up on us, though we even will be give up on him. God still will be steadily working to try to bring you back to life, to serve him, to give him what he paid for. Amen. What he paid for. Amen. And and for two whole years in his own hired house, Paul brought, uh, had people coming to him daily, and he's preached unto them. Look here, he preaching the kingdom of God, preaching that God. Listen, God's right. It don't make no difference what you think. He's sovereign. What he says is true. Amen. And his will is right. Preaching that God is in control and that this is His world. Amen, and we're living in his world. And someday, hey, someday he's going to establish his throne on this earth and rule and reign for a thousand years. He preached the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence. No man forbidding him. I want to share with you three thoughts before we go to the house this morning. I want you to see here the providence of God. He was in chains. He was in chains and facing death. Now he's in a hired house. People coming to him and nobody in the way. Why did he go to the Because he didn't listen to God. But God, in his wisdom, in his provision, didn't say, that's it, Paul, you messed up. Too bad, you're done. No. You may have to go through a little suffering to get there, but once you get there and you get back where I wanted you, I'm going to provide for you. Let me tell you something. Never get discouraged. Just get in the Word. Never get discouraged. Just get on your knees. Never get discouraged. Just get to work for God. And you'll find out God will put you back where you're supposed to be to begin with. God, listen, you don't have to figure it out. All you got to do is take one step after another with the Lord. That's all you got to do. Just walk with Him today. Just, just If you just this morning say, you know what, God, God has provided for me thus far. I, I can't look back and say God hadn't took care of me. And I don't think anybody in here can do that. Amen? So we have no reason to, to make excuses and say, well, I don't know if we can do this. I don't know if this will happen. I don't, you can't do that. God, this is, we serve God. Amen? Not ourselves. We're to, have, we're to have some confidence in the provision of God that he can provide for us. Amen? And I want you to see, too, that how, how God kept him during that. I mean, again, he had 40 men who had not to eat or drink, but they killed him. And God provided him an escort all the way on. He provided him a way. And not only that, provided him uh, souls for him to lead to Christ. He provided him, he provided him fruit for his ministry. God's power was there when Paul got up and did what God said to do. Listen to me. The power of God showed up with all of you. Let me just say, I, I got I got a few minutes. You'll never sit at home. On your couch, serving God. Okay? So God, the power of God ain't going to show up while you're sitting on your couch at home. The power of God shows up when you when you step one foot in the direction of the ministry of God and trying to do... And when I say ministry, I don't mean putting on fancy clothes and, and, and coming to church. I'm talking about people around you that need God. That's ministry. This is church. That's ministry. Outside these walls is ministry. We come in here. We we meet. This is hospital for Christians. This is where we get passed back up, amen, to go back out there and minister. So, so understand that. Listen, the power of God is enough. God has enough power 
to give me, you, and everybody to do what he wants done. And then lastly, I thank God for this, the presence of God. Amen. Paul was never alone. Amen. I believe it's chapter 23 where they were, where they were in a mess and, and, and they didn't know if they were going to make it. What did, what did God do? He appeared to Paul and assured him that you're going to be all right. You're going to make it through this. Listen, God's presence was there very real with him. God, even though Paul had ran from God, you know what? God didn't run from Paul. And God will never leave you nor forsake you. And I look at this and I, and I see just one single solitary man who surrendered to God. Just one single man. But he was faithful. He was faithful. Even, 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 though, he, even though there was one time he wasn't, he still, when he fell, he got back up and he kept going. And you and I are in this room this morning. We are here in this room this morning as a result of the fact that this man didn't give up. Now, I know he's just a man. I'm not trying to elevate him to something that Apostle Paul is not, but he was one faithful believer who didn't give up. And as a result, we're fruit of his labor. wonder how much fruit we could have if we didn't give up. Let's just trust God. Let's just believe in the power of God that he can do whatever he sets out to do in our life. He can accomplish it. Let's not, let's not get discouraged. Let's realize, and, and, and we're not done with the Apostle Paul. Let me just say to you, we're going to go from here. We're going, we're going to go into the book of Galatians, book of Galatians, which is the first letter that Paul wrote uh, once he started his ministry. We're going to go back to his first letter. We're going to go through his, all, all of his letters. And as we do, we'll, we'll reference where he was in the book of Acts so we can refer back to that and we kind of see it as a play-by-play now that we've gone through the book of Acts. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope you've gained some things out of it. And I hope this morning that, that maybe if you if you just happen to think, you know, I, I just don't think my life's where it ought to be. I just I, I think I've took some wrong turns and, and I don't know if I'm right where God would have me to be. Don't fret over that. If you'll just bring it to him and say, God, take me from where I'm at and, and use me. God will get you where you need to be. Listen, if, you, if you've not trusted him to, 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 uh, to control your life, to guide you, I urge you to come and bring that to him and lay it down and say, Lord, take control of my life, steer my life, guide me, help me make choices as a, as, as a, as a man, as a woman, as, as a daddy, as a mama, as a grandma, as a grandpa, whatever you are to whoever you are. You need God's power to do that. So I urge you this morning during this invitation. Now, maybe you don't have a, a grand ministry like the Apostle Paul, but, yeah, maybe you got some grandkids that are your ministry. Maybe you got a neighbor that's your ministry. Maybe you got a friend that's your ministry. Whoever you got, people you work for, people you work with, people you take care of, whoever it is, you got people that are your ministry. You need God every step of the way. You need Holy Ghost power every step of the way, but God will provide and God will empower and he will give you his presence while you do it. Let's stand together. We're going to sing a song of invitation. We're going to sing number 160 song.